Hey, welcome to episode two of the Wayfair podcast. I'm Zach Elliott with Jared, and that's Jonathan, and this is Katia. Riley's back there. So good to have everybody with us. I love that you were with us for episode one, if you were, and if not, welcome to episode two. Our hope is to recover and explore, and we said this on episode one, what for centuries was the most helpful metaphor for understanding the Christian life, that of a Wayfair, therefore the Wayfair podcast. And it's really us on a journey, following a way. And so we're glad that you're here with us for the conversation and to share life on the way. Last episode, we said we hope these conversations weren't just content. There's plenty of that. There's people filling every space that we can possibly fill with content. We wanted this to be more than that and more of an invitation to an embodied reality, to life together, to friends walking this Christian faith out in 2023 at the edge of what we say is advanced modernity. And so that journey with friends is what we're going for. And so if you're just jumping into episode two, welcome. And we count you as a part of that group. We say it's only true if it's true. And I hope you had a chance to get to know a little bit more about this whole crew. We're going to do a little bit of that tonight because there's just no way you can capture all the life that happens. Like we were just in the other room laughing and I was thinking we should capture all of that, but we miss it. So I hope you'll get to spend a little bit of time um, getting to know everybody. But Jared, I'm curious, as that's been unfolding, anything that has surprised you in the margins? Yeah. I mean, the fact that we're even doing this is like pretty crazy. That it's like, it's so hard to do things. Mm. It's like so much easier to not do things. And I think Jonathan's little like sly comedy is like something you don't really expect from him if you just meet him. But man's got jokes. They're, they're deep and they're hidden. Yeah, that, that was no. <laughs> that was a, thanks for the pity laugh. <laughs> it's like, oh man, deep in their hidden. Write it down. Is it? Right. Not well, on the spot. See, I couldn't do stand up. Yeah. It's all right. People I can't either. People didn't know that about you before last episode that you actually, I said you're a paid comic and you said I've been paid to stop. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You had to balance the two sheets way more on the stop side than on the pro side so far. We'll see. We're working on it. Well, it is cool to get to do something like this together, and it does take effort. And I said it last episode, it takes courage. That's one of the things I love about all of us doing this together. It's risky to put anything out there. Brene Brown wrote a great book, Daring Greatly, and her whole the whole setup for the book is it's not the critic who counts. It's the one who enters the arena and dares to be judged, dares to have people ridicule it or mock it or question it. And there was an urgency enough to this project to, to, I think everybody was having private conversations and private experiences going, yeah, that's my experience. I've got questions. I'm wrestling with my faith. I've got friends who are doing that. We're all doing it privately. And it felt like we couldn't do that in a space that was open and vulnerable and transparent. We said, why don't we just do it together? And I bet that there's a lot of other people who feel the same way. So, but it does take work uh, to get it done. So yeah. We're glad you're here, and we're glad you're here. I, to get us into getting to know each other, uh, and I think that this would be more fun if we did like a lightning round, like speed dating, and so you got to go fast. I don't want you to overthink these. You can't overthink these, but just so that people get a sense of who you are. Katia, favorite food? Off the bat, bowls. Any type of bowl, okay? And that sounds good. Like steak? That's such a That literally for- came out of like my gut. No, like, like, Chipotle bowls, acai bowls, like um, Asian bowls. I thought you meant like a bowl, like bowls, like the animal at first. And I was so confused and worried oh, at the like same time bowl. for how they did. No, no, no. USF. I know. I was going to say, I couldn't do that to my school. I feel like you've picked like a way food gets delivered, like a no, bowl. No. It's like a point. Like, like there's a rice too many diff- But there's too many different kinds of bowls. Your answer's wrong. That's what I'm saying here. That's what we're here to do on this podcast. Hey, it's her favorite. <laughs> it's, we're here to tell you. We're telling you when you're wrong. That's what we do on the Wayfair podcast. Have you never had like a like a nice bowl? Like you can't just explain. It's like it's got the carbs. It's got the meat. It's got the dairy. You know, it's just a bowl. Sure. It's like if I asked you what your favorite restaurant was and you're like Golden Corral. What? It's, it's like I like all the food. <laughs> you know what though? I think some people love Golden Corral. I do. Fan, it's like Bob boy. Evans, Cracker Barrel. <laughs> it's the same vibe. I'm with you. Bowls, 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 bowls. Right? Breakfast bowl, lunch Breakfast bowl, bowl, dinner bowl. It's all good. You can't go wrong with the bowl. 
That's right. I can't stop thinking of. All right, but a restaurant. Riley, Riley, I gotta. I'm gonna save us uh, for episode two. Favorite show. Favorite show. Oh, that's. I feel like that's a tough question because there's so many different ones, different time periods. But like I said, lightning round. I'm gonna go Ted Lasso. Uh-huh. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Very few shows make me laugh, smile, and cry. Yeah. Ted Lasso has made me cry. I will say that. Come on. All in the same episode. Yeah, all in the same episode. Now you're talking. Very all over the place. Crazy. Yeah. It's a good, they just, Ted Lasso won all sorts of awards. Yeah. Yeah, like every season I think they won an award. Yeah. There you go. All right, take it away. Jonathan, favorite holiday? Mm, definitely Thanksgiving, which we're coming up on. And um, every year I love, so I love to smoke, like just to get like a good clean burn. You know, you can just sit there for like 12 hours. <laughs> Between, between like cotton was bowls and you're like just blunted, I like to smell like cool. Yeah, I mean like <laughs> all day, like I don't have to do anything. Not barbecue, man. I'm talking about uh, pork pork <laughs> My goodness, guys. Is that just profiled? Fat cause. So I was like, you know what? All respect if you like it, but. Talk about long, slow, deep. Yeah. <laughs> Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's my wife's favorite holiday. Yeah. It's great. I love making barbecue for a bunch of people. Yeah. You I make think, it. And being around oh, yeah. the table. You mm-hmm. s- and that's what you do. You smoke it. Mm-hmm. How long does it take to smoke a turkey? A turkey, uh, like, depends on the size, but eight to 12 hours. Okay. Have you ever done the fry thing? Yeah, I did that for the first time last year, and I overcooked it. It's unfortunate. Hey, but I had two in the smoker, so it's okay. That's a, for an episode for another show, but I do want to know how those blow up because every year right. there's the warning, like Water. 74 people will die this year trying to make a turkey. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's a real number, but... That's scary. I have seen videos of them blowing up, though. Just like... It's such a shame when ham is always better than turkey anyway, so... Oh. That's my hot yeah, take. That's my, that's my hot take. Cancel Jared. Go. Cancel Jared. Well, it's... Between this crew, right? There's so I think that's what I love about all of you. Whether you like bowls or you don't like bowls, you like. What's your favorite holiday? My favorite holiday, off the bat, Valentine's Day. Have I ever had a Valentine? No. (laughs) 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 But I just love. You just dream about the day that you'll get a Valentine. No, no. You see, Valentine's Day for me is more about just like love in general, and I just have so much fun with it. Like, I'm Valentine's Day. I give myself self-care. I like, I don't even know. I, I just really love how everyone's just like in love with life. And so I love Valentine's Day. The day after when the candy's on discount is pretty great too. Truth. <laughs> What's your favorite holiday? Is that it? <laughs> I would say, I mean, uh, see, I love, I feel like Halloween now like turned into this kind of like fall hangout a lot of the times where there's like a bonfire and like those are just like great vibes. Yeah. So it's like uh, not really the trick-or-treater type at this age. I've tried. You have to wear a pretty convincing costume to get mm-hmm. candy. Um, I hear there's a UPS. photo of you in a UPS outfit. Yeah, you know, what can you do but deliver? <laughs> <laughs> Favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yep. Yeah, round the table. All right, well, we... That's what people can write in. We want to know what your favorite holiday is. That's what we'll be asking. We'll get lots of mail from people telling us what their favorite holiday is and a bunch of Valentines for Katia. People will be like, we're reaching out. Put it in the comments. That's right. Last episode, we explored the recovering and the embodying uh, Wayfarer posture. And so we we were doing it together. This episode, uh, I want you to think more about pace. Last time, it was more about setting the perspective and thinking about what is this journey of a wayfarer, but I want to get into the pace of the conversation and the pace of wayfaring. So we live in a time when it is time is compressed. It feels like time is moving faster and faster and faster. And the pe- people debate that idea of whether it really is or not, but there's no doubt that technology has compressed time. So it feels like what happens between the moment you wake up and the moment you go to bed is just full. Do you feel that the compression of time? And I'm just curious if you all are feeling that same compression of time and what it, what, how that expresses itself in your life. Does it wear you out? Do you find yourself getting worn out? Does it energize you? And then you drop, do you find yourself wishing that you had more time? How's that compression of time feeling in your life right now? Mm, I feel like 
honestly, it's all very overwhelming because it's like you see life as this like long trek, but at the same time, you have to have everything figured out and it's super fast and like there's no time to not to like sit and actually figure it out because like you have to have a whole plan and how are you going to pay for things and all this stuff and it's it's just very overwhelming and yeah i don't know i think that's my thoughts on that for sure yeah it, it can be tough i mean i think right now it feels like i have a lot of free time like on weekends and a lot of the time it's like i don't have like you don't have a lot of stuff going on so there's like downtime but it's so easy for that downtime to feel pressured. It's like, well, I need to be doing something. It's like I, I work all week. So it's like, what am I doing on the weekends to make that great? And that can just feel overwhelming because it's like, oh, just resting for two hours can feel like, oh, I'm wasting my weekend away where it's like, no, the rest is good. And it's like, also, how do you rest well in that too to make it great? Because, you know, three hours of video games used to feel really good. And now it does not, which is disappointing. Unless you're playing online. I like playing online with friends, but solo? Yeah, no, not enough. Uh, there's a great, that's a conversation for another day. A good friend of mine um, gave me a, gave me a book recommendation for a book called Leisure is the Basis of Culture and diving into the definition of leisure and that leisure is actually, it's learning or schooling, being open and receiving and taking in information and growing and we've just in we've got that term mixed up with laziness and so we feel bored when we have no when we have nothing to do we feel bored and restless like we need to go do something so there's a difference i think even in our modern age not just the compression of time but when we do have time off what's happening to us internally we feel like we've got to go do something or fill that time Riley, we need to get an active counter of how many books zach recommends I think it was two the first episode, and this is one. We just need to pop it up. I want the like the Taco Bell ding. Yeah, I'm night. trying to keep keep up with you. <laughs> that would be good. How do you feel? Is are you feeling that compression of time? I think so. It's weird because with uh, being so busy, it makes time go by faster, which I feel can be a good thing. Um, I feel like things just start to get done as time goes on faster compared to my childhood I feel like I was bored a lot more um but learning how to rest well it's if I take my weekend and I go on Instagram or something it it wastes those hours and those times don't feel restful versus like reading a book something that actually slows you down the rest is a lot you actually get to rest yeah yeah, it's interesting how technology even comes into our moments of leisure or rest and that endless scroll, that endless distraction that just keeps moving. And there's no, you're not really sitting or resting on any particular thing. It's just, it's still movement. Riley, how about you? Um, I So there was a verse and this was, the, the idea of time was actually something that came across my mind actually not too long ago. I think it was either one night last week or the week before. But it randomly came to my mind like at night before bed. And so I started like kind of thinking about it. I read somebody had sent me a scripture earlier that day, like about like God's timing. And so it was something that I was thinking a lot about last week, I would say. And I think it's kind of odd that it's now something we're talking about on the podcast. And there was a scripture in Galatians, I think I was reading that was kind of just talking about like, almost like the theology of God's timing and time and alone of itself. And it made me think a lot, like we, I think we had had a conversation privately before, like about the idea of like what, what time will look like in heaven. And so I feel like that idea of time has been coming up a lot in my life. So I'm interested to see what happens from here, from this conversation specifically on time. But there's something like, there's like, like everyone says, like right now there's that pressing of time. Like it feels like the clock is going faster and faster. And like for me in my life, it's really hard to try to find time to do things for my personal life compared to work. And just like my life is very chaotic right now, I feel like with time. And I feel like I don't have enough time in my days. And I feel like somehow I'm working eight days a week, but there's only seven days a week. And it's like, how is this possible? How is this happening? And so I, I don't know like what, what there is, what the answer is to time, how to slow time back down, how to get back to that. And I don't know if, if you guys feel that, but like, I feel like there's just this pressing of time going faster and faster. And it's like, at what point does the clock just explode and time stops? Like, like, how do we 
get back on track with time, I feel like. And and then like there's a whole other set of time. Like, well, what about God's timing compared to my time? Like what if like I wanna have this and that in, you know, three years and it's like, well, is that within this time or is that, you know, a longer time or a shorter time? So how does that play into God's timing too? It's like I feel like this conversation could go so many ways in so many different places. And like, I don't know with whatever way it goes, like what, what a good answer is for some of these questions with time. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you're describing is what a lot of people feel right now is maybe we don't have language for it, but we feel a sense of time being really fast and cross pressured. And to copy your point, there's a ton of expectations to be further in the future than we are. So we have to like think 20 years out or 30 years out, or what are my goals or what are my aims and how far am I moved toward those? And it, it creates this sense of anxiety. I mean, post COVID, the, the numbers for people who are struggling with anxiety and dealing with that, it's like through the roof. It's the, the curves look like that. And I was in New York, uh, I think last weekend, and I walking through the financial district and there was this beautiful picture. I posted it because it was so strange to see the Trinity Church was at the end of the street and you had these flags from Wall Street hanging uh, off these massive buildings that were shadowing uh, Trinity Church. And it was just like poignant. It stuck out to me because in an older world, we were talking about this, the church was the keeper of time. There was a liturgical time. We kind of marched through the story of anticipation and expectation coming up with the Advent season. That's what we enter in and we remember that the story is longer and that there was a season of hope and expectation and waiting. And then there was a moment when God intervened in time and there you have the, the Christmas event and the incarnation and then it turns and you have Epiphany and Easter and Lent and the church was the keeper of time. And that's what I loved. I saw Trinity Church right there and it has a clock face on the church, but it's just shadowed by these mighty buildings, which is really appropriate because it, the church kind of lost the the prominent place in culture. And it was the business world that started to mark time. And the business, we started to mark time based on commerce and movement and achievement and the exchange of goods and that sped time up. And now technology is pushing that. Andrew Root doesn't, I'm going to do a book recommendation. Ding. Yeah. Andrew Root, great book, uh, Secular Age, uh, work off of Charles Taylor's. Ding, double book recommendation. Uh, yeah, there you go. They get into this idea of time. But I think what, to answer Riley's question, the recalibration, that's part of what we're trying to recover with this wayfaring posture. And you think about this, like Jesus literally intersected people in their vocational life or when they were resting underneath a tree and he came to them with an invitation. And we talked about this last time on episode one, the Christian faith wasn't like an ascent to a set of presuppositions and a contract that you sign. It was an embodied person, the God taking on flesh, and he would come and he would say, follow me. And it was an invitation to a, a recovery, truly, of what it is to be a human. And he was inviting them to find something, you know, and you hear this in scripture, I'm the bread of life. Where else can we, you go? The living water, the way. All these ways that it was Jesus leading people into something that could not be discovered on our own. But his invitation was, come walk with me. And I, I imagine that in our day today, like if we were in the midst of all our busyness and Jesus literally said, hey, take a moment and just come follow me. And he just started walking. How disruptive would that be? We talk about it in terms of long, slow, and deep and entering into something where you don't know the outcome of the journey. You just know the pace is unfolding at that long, slow, deep way. How disruptive, just like imagine that in your mind and what would that do to you in an embodied way to, to just imagine taking that first few steps on that journey. How strange would that be? I feel like it would honestly feel so good. Like, I feel like in my own life, I've done that in some cir circumstances. Um, specifically, when I was um, beginning college, I was in a sorority for about a year and a half. And then I decided that I didn't really align a lot in that crowd. And stepping away from that and deciding to follow, you're saying Jesus, in my head at the time, I was like, I'm following my gut. And it brought so much peace in my life 
and it's nothing against that crowd of people, but it just, you know, when, when it's true, it's true. And I think that the minute you drop everything, it's like you're carrying a heavy backpack and then you're walking with rocks in your backpack and the minute you let it go and just start running on your own, it feels so good. And there's so much grace that can be found in it too. So I know it can be kind of scary, but I think that first step is the scariest, but then you just start running and then, you know, you get on a Wayfair podcast and cool things start happening. So I honestly feel like it's a great, I think it's, it's, it's relieving. Yeah. Well, it's part of the confession is like you had said, I have to have, I have to have my thirties planned out. Mm. And part of the invitation is what if, what if God's invitation was come follow me in this way and just set down the thirties, just be in your twenties right now. Like, it's like, what? Like, I don't know if I can do that. How irresponsible that would be. I don't know. What's that trigger in your mind? Yeah. I mean, for me, just thinking about like Jesus doing that, I feel like that's, it would be exciting because it'd be like a new adventure. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people just feel stuck in their like rhythms of life that, you know, working a nine to five and going home and doing this and then maybe doing a fun thing on the weekend and then starting all over again with your nine to five and you go to the gym and then you meal prep and get the ground turkey because you're trying to be healthy and all that different stuff. You get a bowl, you know, that's super healthy. Um, and it's like the thought of like breaking that. I feel like that's where it's like we want that matrix level thing to happen where it's like, Take oh, our life is exciting. There's there's more to this than what we're living. And it, I think people are looking for that in a lot of different ways. I mean, I have in a ton of different ways. Mm. I've tried to find something to, you know, either to feel something or to numb the hurt of the day to day, which can come so frequently. And so I think, you know, the thought of like getting called into something like that, if it was like really Jesus, it's like, man, that would be... Immaculate. Yeah. It's like, you mean I could leave my job and it's like there's something better or bigger out there? It's like, oh my gosh, please. You know, that's why we want to win the lottery. Yeah. Just to get out of the rhythms of life to something bigger and better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a tension there because it's life is happening. You talked about it last time, the remarkable ordinary. It's happening now. And yet there's something that we long for. And do we have to evacuate our current position or is there something, is there a way we can find it in the midst of, uh, there's a tension there. How do you feel about that? I mean, if the invitation to walk in that way, how disruptive is that to you, to just the, the norms to your day to day? Um, are, are you saying more like, like if I'm at work and Jesus showed up someday, I was like physically following me or is this more of like, uh. I'm doing my life, but I'm going to do now follow Jesus, like, like follow him. Are you saying physically, like if you actually showed up, like you did for the disciples there, yeah. like casting in it, come walk. That would be insane. Like, it'd be really hard to explain that to people. Like this guy just showed up and told me to follow him. I've never heard of him. How do you know who he is? How to get badge access to the office. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> who let this guy in here? <laughs> but now, now there's people following him who drop their entire lives. Um, but to, to have something like that where you you have someone telling you you don't have to figure it out like you can just follow me because otherwise you're responsible for where you go and that can be terrifying and difficult but to have someone who's like no just just follow me it's it's a lot easier yeah it's hard leading yourself yeah i think that's that's 100 percent right i think riley the if we if we make the turn to kind of the next question, what happens is you have to confess that to do that or to take Jesus up on that invitation to follow him, the, the way he was in making that invitation, it was to a complete unknown. Mm-hmm. And so there's this like tension of mystery and certainty that maybe is exhilarating. That might be part of the adventure of it, but we the, there would have to be a level of comfort with not knowing how long it's going to take. Where exactly are we going? What are we going to discover on the way? Riley, when you go on a road trip, you just went up to watch football. Are you the kind of person who needs to know the agenda start to finish? Or are you comfortable with the invitation that's a little bit less known up front? That's a great question. I feel like it can, it goes a little bit of both. Like I feel like for me, like when it comes to 
like something, you know, not, not vacation, but something more important, like my future at a company or my future, you know, what I could see in my future for my life. When I see something like that and I take that into context, I feel like it's hard for me to, to just, you know, like drop that and follow someone who says, follow me. Cause it's like, I have all of these ideas in my head, all of these things that, you know, I want, or that I think God wants for me. And it's hard for me in those moments and those, you know, when those things come up to just be like, no, that can wait, you know, let me, you know, let me just drop that. Let me drop that and just go on this journey for a couple of years. You know, it's hard for me to try to do that. But then on the other hand, like when I feel like I'm on vacation and like I have, you know, time is irrelevant at that point, it's like, Hey, what are we going to do today? I don't know. Let's figure it out. Let's go on a walk and, you know, Oh, look, we found this coffee shop. Oh, look, this is a cool building. Let's walk in here. You know, like there's that difference between like the thought of like what I have in my future compared to the thought of like, you know, times irrelevant in this scenario. Like, so I don't, I don't know if that helps with that, but that's kind of what, you know, I'm thinking, I guess it's hard to, to try to just stop, like put your, the plans you have for your life aside and you know, hear what God's saying and be like, no, drop that and follow me. Like Mm -hmm. your plan is safe with me. It's hard to, to do that. And I feel like it takes discipline. Like that's like the one thing that kept coming to my mind in this whole conversation of like between the recalibration and all and the long, slow, deep, like in order to do any of these things, it takes like discipline to, to slow down, stop, you know, recalibrate, take that long, slow, deep posture and go on this journey and, you know, follow. Yeah. It's Katia, when you think about like, what would be, what would have to be essentially true for you to take somebody up on that invitation to say like, what would you, what would have to be there in order for you to say, okay, you lead. Um, as funny as it sounds, if they're like, this is going to sound so cheesy, but like if they're, if they said, um, like, I'll make all of your dreams come true. Like, it, <laughs> it sounds so cheesy, but like, when you were talking, it reminded me of a conversation I had with my mom the other day. And we're just sitting talking about like, whatever is going on. And she just randomly was like, so like, what do you want for your life? Like, what do you see yourself doing in the next couple of years? Because, you know, I'm a senior in college. I should be rolling with that sort of thing. And I was like, well, you see, I'm going to be doing my MBA next year. And uh, after that, I'm going to have my job lined up. And after that, I'm going to just coast with that and see how it goes in the podcast. You know, we're going to see where that goes to. And I'm going to have a steady job. It was very like I controlled the end goal. And after I finished my spiel, she goes, come on, you know, you're lying to yourself. Like that is not true. You 100% do not see yourself doing that. Like, be honest, be vulnerable, and tell me what you want. And when I did the second time, it was like a completely different story. It was like, you know, I'd really like to fall in love. I'd love to have a family. I'd love to lead my life and inspire others and, you know, just follow my heart. It was so much more dreamlike. So, like, if somebody came up to me and said, I'll make all your dreams come true, I would be like, sign me up and i would say throw away all the textbooks and stuff and you know but like i feel like your initial response to your mom like in that question i feel like that is the reason you answer that is like part of because of our time like because we're going so exactly it's like you're going like keep going you're you gotta you gotta have this all figured out right now so it's like okay i'll pick like the most the thing that makes the most sense into this world's context and it's like no, stop, slow down and take that more dreamlike posture almost. Yeah, it's vulnerable. It's really vulnerable. It's like uncomfortable to say that almost because it's like nowadays there's this like, I don't know, uh, normalized concept Mm. that you have to conquer the corporate world and, Mm. you know, just have ultimate control over everything. And it's like, that's so cool. I really respect you if you're, you know, doing that. But at the same time, like, what happened to just floating and enjoying everything while being successful and still providing, but, you know, just having this childlike wonder mm. walking, you know? I think that's not there anymore. Just this childlike trust and wonder. 
Yeah, I think it depends so much on like the person. Like I have like friends who like they want to climb the corporate ladder. And like that's what like really gets them going, which like blows my mind because I'm just like that. I hate it so much. I hate corporate lifestyle. But like other people like really enjoy that. And like that is like their dream is to like to become a CEO, which is like great for them and like definitely pursue it. And one of my like favorite questions around this kind of idea of like dreaming, like what do you practically want to pursue versus like dreams? I always like, like if you got a hundred million dollars right now, what would you do? And it's like, what car would you buy? I started asking them all these questions. Like where, where would you have houses? Of course. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What car, all this stuff. Like who would you give money to? All this stuff. Hopefully me. Um, and then I'm like, okay. It's like after like five minutes of just like all the material stuff they'd buy. I'm like, so what would you do? with your day and it's always just like I had a buddy he was a middle school teacher and he goes be like a college advisor I think I'd really love doing that I go dude that's like two steps away from where you're at right now you do not need a hundred million to get there you know and it's like I feel like that's a great question because you get people really kind of off kilter because they're not in the in the pocket of oh I'm gonna do this and this and this and get promotion and then this and it's like even if that might be what they want to do it's like well what is like the the thing you know for you I had someone who wanted to be an angel investor. So they wanted to be in the top of corporate ladders always, mm. which and collect a lot of ladders, <laughs> which is like <laughs> more ladders. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, all right. It's no, like, well, that's like your you thing. said, it's cool too. Like, that's cool. If that's your dream, like it's respectable for sure. Absolutely. I don't want to throw anyone down if you do like the corporate. Feel like, like, I feel like I totally did. I think the what college it, girl's giving you corporate lifestyle tips. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. It's, I've, you know, I was think... <laughs> just. So everybody's different. I'm not somebody. <laughs> I think what's at the heart of this, like for everybody listening and, and us in the conversation, that, that pressure to say, story one, right? I'll be here. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll do that. And even in the version you give where, okay, what if somebody could come up and fund everything? Well, I would do this. I would do this. I would do this. It's still like our default posture is so directive. It's so us at the center defining. And I think that's part of what we want to have this conversation for, because there the a a different way, a more helpful way of imagining this story, and not just imagining it, but literally reading it off the page. Jesus walks up to some friends and says, "Follow me." They start following him, and then one of those friends gets one of his friends, and that guy starts walking towards Jesus, and Jesus calls him out the 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 friend literally made like a snarky comment about jesus like who's this guy right and jesus didn't hear it he knew the guy's heart and he he spoke to that guy and he said here's him here's one in whom there's no guile like here's one who's like pure at heart and he spoke right to the inner reality of that person like who he was and it's such a beautiful picture because here's this person starting to follow the one who knows him best. And it's like, pause the movie right there. That's literally what's happening and what's on the table is what Katya is des- describing. What if the one who made you is the one who's inviting you to take off the burden of defining and designing your existence and instead shift the posture and say, I'm going to make a confession right here, right now. You know me better than I know myself. And so even if you could fund all of my dreams, my dreams are probably corrupted by all sorts of false expectations and stuff that's been put on me and that I'm trying to put on somebody else. I need to walk with you for a bit to even figure out what's really in there. And that I love that invitation that Jesus makes. And But it is hard to make that shift, to let go of, you said it, like the control that we feel like we have to have and I feel like you have, I mean, the, the level of trust to say, okay, you really know me better than I know myself and you're going to unfold something. I think that trust, I mean, that's what faith is. Essentially, it's this active trust that leans, there's a, there's a shift in, in weight, right? Jonathan, how fast do you build trust? Like, what's it take for you to trust someone enough to not direct it it takes time for sure my dad used to always tell me that relationships were built on trust and I was a a bit of a riding kid 
so very i you can you can build trust for so long and then you lie one time and then it, it's just gone so it, it goes away so quickly um but yeah it takes time yeah takes time in all of, i want to hear from everybody on this but in your life of faith what are you doing to try to make that shift to try to be less direct because again we're american christians who are like so here's the deal god we're gonna and then we chalk it out and that's still it's like that's actually not this walk by faith becoming who god's made us to be it's much more of us kind of still trying to shape and fashion and be our own god and so we're trying to make this shift what's helping you to take a more a, a more restful posture in a more open posture, how are you able to kind of pry loose that grip that we've all just been trained to have? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it was uh, a very learned on the job type situation. I felt like, you know, in the early professional years, there's, <laughs> I had, I got fired like three different times from jobs. I was giving you our time about corporate lifestyle. <laughs> I'm over here getting fired. I speak from experience. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I, you don't know anything. I'm terrible at it, you know? Um, but I think, you know, being jobs isn't everything and like your life and your dreams, but you know, it obviously is a big part of it. And so, so many times I would have plans and have ideas of, you know, how I was going to pursue. And it's like, if you look at the last like six years of my life, like I would have, it's been a crazy just roller coaster of all these different things that have happened and, you know, different routes and dead ends and turns and all this different stuff. And so I feel like it's been a real learned experience of being like, man, I want to hold, you, you want to hold on, but it's like, you realize the chaos of life. It's like, you can't really hold on to this. And so that kind of is twofold where it's like, I've had to learn to let go because I've realized I never really have it, even if I want to have it, hold on to it. Yeah, it's so, an illusion. Yeah. And so the the freedom of, you know, knowing that it is in somebody's hands and that, you know, the hard things, the challenging things where you, you know, you're just kind of like, God, this kind of stinks. You know, it's like seeing how he works that for a purpose, I think, uh, it takes years sometimes, you know, we're talking about long, slow, deep. Like, I mean, sometimes it's like, you know, you have to wait years before you can look back on something and be like, oh, that did this in my life, mm-hmm. which caused all these things to happen that I never understood. And so I think years, mm-hmm. it's been a process of years to really learn that lesson and try to get into that. And, you know, it's funny when I, last episode, I talked about hard things are good for you, makes you a strong tree. And it's like, but man, it, it can be hard with that trust, mm. you know, mm. knowing that God has your life in your hands and then hard things happen. You're just like, well, dang it, God, I'm, I want all my dreams to come true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, And it's like, you know, his plans for our lives are ultimately better, you know, because he has all the details, but it, in the moments it can feel really heavy and hard because you're like, well, that's not how I wanted that to go kind of thing. So, a very practical thing that I've found, is, and it's a, it's a bizarre concept if you really think about it, just to bring your request to God that when you're um, stressed and anxious about things to just talk to God about them and somehow he will make them right and give you ideas. But then when I do it, it, it works. And that's been very powerful. And I think that's a lot of giving up trust and saying, God, I don't know what to do with this. Um, hit me up with any ideas. And then uh, when you do that and you say all these things and you just kind of say, all right, I'm not going to worry about them. I feel like God's going to do something with them. And then as when you look back about those things you brought up, like they've been solved mm. and he, he answers that. But it takes, that's I feel like a, a big way to rest and pause is prayer to sit and just talk to God about what's running through your mind. Totally. I feel like prayer life is something that a lot of like at least people around me who are Christian like don't really practice as often, but it's almost like meditation. Like you're you're grounding yourself, you're connecting yourself with like the the higher power and like it, it there's like a sense of control in that, I feel, like what you just said. There's a great way of thinking about prayer. I can't remember who wrote this, so I don't have a book recommendation for it, but it's like a half a point five book recommendation. <laughs> but the idea that when you're you're praying, 
you've got a rope in your hand and you're, you think you're pulling yourself uh, from a boat and you're pulling the shore towards yourself, but you're actually in the boat pulling your boat to the shore. Mm. And this, just this idea of kids thinking and imagining that they're pulling the whole world to themselves and actually they're anchored to the shore and they're pulling in their prayer back to the source of their stability and their strength. And I think prayer is that honest confession when we, if we can get there, like prayer can be a lot of me directing everything. But I think what you guys are saying is there is a rest that comes when you say, I don't know. Like there's even a scripture that we love that I don't know God, but my eyes are on you. Like, I don't know, but my eyes are on you. You're my hope. You're my trust. That's all I got. So it's a more restful posture. Riley, what are you, what are you doing right now to open up your posture and to like learn to to slow down and not try to direct or control the future, but really open yourself to this reality that God is actually leading. It's only true if it's true. And so I'm going to let him do it. Yeah, I would say, you know, it's good that we're talking about this because I feel like I almost need like this little kick, like, like remember what your vision is on and, and remember who your trust is in and, and what this process looks like. And so it's good. I'm, I'm glad we're talking about it because I feel like what it what it looks like for me is, you know, just kind of going with the flow still, you know, keeping that, you know, long, slow, deep posture and, you know, trying to, you know, make sure I'm still recalibrating, you know, and just going with that flow, you know, making sure you're not trying to be like, all right, well, how, you know, let me do all of this faster so that way I can, you know, get to that rest one day. It's like, no, keep going, keep doing your thing, uh, keep, you know praying, being in meditation. And eventually that, you know, it'll come, you know, there's that day at the end, you know, where whatever he has planned for you, whatever that rest day is, you know, it'll come eventually naturally. And so I think it's just that, that posture of like, all right, just stay on the path, keep going. And I think part of it too, is like, you guys were talking about like that prayer and that meditation. Like, I think that's part of like, how you get through it. Like if you don't, if your prayer life is not very active and you're not, you know, staying in prayer and you're not meditating, like you're just going to keep feeling antsy and pressy and like, all right, how, how can I do this quicker? How can I get to that end goal faster? And it's like, no, slow down, recalibrate, deep breath and and long, slow, deep, keep going on that path and, and you'll get there. And so on, and I'm saying that and I need that right now. So <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a conversation we got to have because I think there's a version again of Christian Christianity and the Christian faith where we go, okay, I think it's goes like this. I believe this set of things that are propositionally true and I accept those. Okay, cool. I've got those. Now I got to get to work and define my life, set my goals, get to my thirties, climb the ladder, get, get the money, be, be generous, be helpful, have kids. And I just, uh, pretty soon I'm frantic and I'm anxious. And I think what we're hoping to say is even just now, again, episode one, the recovery of perspective, like the, the recovery of perspective is God is there calling us to, to follow him. Step one, step two, it's a recovery of this pace that is going to unfold. It's going to unfold. There's more that God knows. The sum total of the things that he knows about even who you are in this moment. If we can just confess that, like you are God, I am not. Like that's it. Like I believe that you are God, I am not, and that you are loving, right? And this is the fundamental confession about love. Love seeks the other person's highest good. Okay. So if I really believe that God is love, okay, That's the Christian confession. God is love. He's greater. He's not time bound. He's outside of time, created me. And he's in front of me saying, I am love. Love seeks the other person's highest good. So follow me into the highest good. That's the invitation. That's what we're all saying. Like, we want that. We want to make that shift to say, I want that. I want to rest. I want to lay down control of my life. That's that surrender and that trust and say, okay, I've found the one who is looking for me and I'm going to take him at his word. It's going to change my perspective. It's going to cause me to recalibrate my life and say, it's, it's not how fast can I get through my thirties? It's going to be, can I do this long, slow, deep thing and see what happens? See what's there. See what unfolds in my twenties. That's wild. 
when you all hear long, slow, deep, when you think about that idea of a longer story, a slower journey, a deeper life, just what, what do you imagine? What comes to your imaginative mind? Because we say that a lot, like this, we are wayfarers, never alone, walking on, and the journey we're on is long and slow and deep. What have you found from just kind of thinking and imagining about the story being long, slow, deep? My first thought is just, it's kind of frustrating because I want it now. I want everything now. My Amazon, when I see that Amazon Prime 4 a.m. or 8 a.m., it's like that night. <laughs> How do they do this, by the way? I have like, no idea. I mean, you can order something <laughs> at 7 at night and it's at your porch at 7.50. Yeah, so like frustrating because it's, it, it takes time and you don't have as much progress as you wish you had. And, um, but as like, once you start getting into it and you do have those things, like you, you really have them because the things that you get quickly, I feel like they can go away quickly, but things that you work for and wait for you, you know, you waited for them. So like, you, I feel like you can hold on to it better. Yeah. I don't like that. I have to agree with that frustrating because I mean, at one point, of my own journey. I've definitely, the words, I feel like God is playing a joke on me <laughs> have definitely come out of my mouth because it's like sometimes you have to go through these like trials to learn a lesson, but the lessons are never fun to learn. It, it really isn't because if it was um, not a lesson, it wouldn't be hard. Like, you know, sometimes you, it's growing pains. And I think the growing pains are what make you question and get frustrated and I feel like as human beings personally like you have a friendship with God you have a it's like a humanly relationship almost of like we're friends we're buddies we're we're here for each other and sometimes I personify God and I imagine him with like selfishness or like greed in the sense of like you're doing this for me you know like that sort of vibe and then I'm like you're playing a joke on me like it's not cool I've told you what I want and you're just like dangling it in front of me and then taking it away. And and I think after the fact, though, you look back and you're like, man, that really was a lesson. Yeah. Because if I would have gone forward with that whole track, woo, it would have been bad. Yeah. So thank you, God, for watching out for me. But definitely frustrating for sure. But and I always hate when people tell me you just got to be patient. It's like <laughs> those are so, right. It's like so frustrating, like. <laughs> obviously what else am I going to do but like I just wish there was like another way to say that. Yeah. You know? yeah 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 I like to say life's like farming that's a little bit instead of patient it's like it's farming mm. you know, there's a thousand little things it's like to do on the farm they're just constantly working and like resting and it's like everything's a little bit like farming you know what book recommendation Wendell Berry read some Wendell Berry that's it. It's the, I mean, if you read the New Testament, Jesus constantly going back to agriculture metaphors yep. for that very purpose. You can't force it. There's a little bit. It's like Psalm 1, be a tree planted by streams of water. And it's like, trees take like a long time to grow. I was just going to say a tree. What is long, slow, and deep? There you go. A tree. Tree. You're talking about Done. a tree the first In the podcast, too. right there. Get Riley's, get, Riley's getting <laughs> yeah. the tattoo. huge on agriculture. Yeah. I've captured that. Yeah. When I hear long, slow, deep, I think of like rhythms of life a lot of the times. Cause it's like not every minute and hour of your day is going to be like that. Yeah. But I often think of like the, like the TikTok or like Instagram videos where it has somebody like chopping up wood, like making a bonfire, like catching a fish, like cooking it like out in the wilderness. And it's like just the act of like doing things manually where we have microwaves and things, I think are just very like, it's, very i think rare nowadays to like yeah. do something like how you make tea like are you just you know i have an instant pot where i just press a button it heats up the water i pour it over mm -hmm. and it's ready you know but like the act of i don't know how you'd make tea manually to be honest uh but get some flowers yeah <laughs> you know i think that those kind of process i don't even know could i take that and make tea i don't even possibly are the flowers in the shot that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like, what's pointing it? Be pointing at flowers for the audio friends. Oh, yeah, right. There's flowers on the table. There's a candle and a pumpkin. Even though, here's the invitation I want to make as we as we think about episode three, right? Perspective first. That the invitation is coming from the one who is faithful, and he will do it. 
there's the God who made you, highest love, inviting us to follow him. And so we don't lead, we follow. That's what we got to get comfortable with that. Number one. Number two, we have to get comfortable and recalibrate to the idea that it's not going to be fast. It's not supposed to be. The idea is not to get through it and be like, oh, I've figured out Christianity and I did it in a weekend. I did Duolingo and I speak Christian. That's not it. It's the invitation into a lifelong pursuit of walking this thing out. Am I comfortable with that? That's the what the wayfaring life is. The presupposition is God is faithful. He took on flesh. He came and said, follow me. I'll show you the way. Come walk in the way. Okay. And the second invitation is we're going to go slow and it's going to take longer. It's going to be slower, but what you're going to discover is going to be so deeply rich and it's going to be that longing for your heart. It's going to touch adventure. It's going to touch meaning. It's going to touch purpose. It's going to touch all of these things. And I think I'll leave you with this because you brought this up is so good. There's almost like a, like a surprise twist in the story that'll be the setup, I guess, for episode three, that what we discover is that he's walking with us and that the whole point you mentioned friendship with God, that's what's like, is God's like, even this wayfaring journey isn't about like, get from here to there. And you go, oh, well, can I do that faster? Is there a way I can get in a commuter lane and do the Christian life faster? If the goal is good, it's God, then I want to get there as fast as I can. And God recalibrates that and goes, no, 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 no. How about you and I walk together? And it's not just a walk where you're walking to me. I'm going to come to you and walk with you. And we're going to spend the rest of this time getting to know each other, you getting to know me, because at the end of the day, you're made in my image. You're made to look just like me. And so let's walk that out. That's incredible to think. It's not just us walking to something or someone. We're walking with someone. We'll pick that up on episode three. Sound good? Yeah. Sounds good. I love it. Great. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. It's so good to get to work this stuff out together. I'm going to go to, we call her Queen of Three because she is the the helping people connect person. Kathy, how does somebody connect with this conversation, stay in touch with us, send messages back and forth? How do we do that? So you can actually connect with us on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and you can DM us. You can shoot us a little message of something you might want to hear, something that you maybe connect with during one of the episodes um yeah so feel free to just mind dump in any of those platforms to us i love that and please do send those thoughts and those comments and questions i think it'd be so fun to listen Mm -hmm. to people who are joining and they're walking this out with us and they go okay i heard you so long so deep but i too hate that how do i get over that part that's frictiony and frustrating so send us all that stuff let's connect yeah i love it all right we'll see you at episode three Thanks for hanging out. It's so good to walk it out with all of you. Oh, yeah. See you guys. Peace. Adios.